Light one up. For the cannabis culture. Hello and welcome to the To Be Completely Blunt podcast. We are your hosts. I am Stephanie. I'm Rick. Well, hey, it's good to be releasing some new podcast episodes again. Uh, we were on a little bit of a break there and uh, now we're coming back at you with some more episodes. So um, if you're listening right now, thank you so much. In today's show, Rick and I talked with Amy and Jaden Carter. So Amy, she is an author in the book, Courage and Cannabis. Uh, she is the co-founder of Michigan Weedsters, and she is also the mom of Jaden Carter. Now, Jaden, he had many struggles with his autism as he's been growing up, and it wasn't until he was introduced to cannabis as medicine that he finally started feeling like he could really experience life fully. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this chat. It was just very impactful, and just to see the progress Jaden has made over the years, it's really incredible. Uh, so hope you enjoyed today's show with Amy and Jaden Carter. Hey, Amy, thanks for uh, joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? Doing great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know before I hit record here, I was telling you guys that I'm just uh, in this closet here visiting my parents out in Tennessee. Um, and as much as it's weird to kind of hide myself in this closet, it's got great sound. So <laughs> so I'm very happy about that, at least. <laughs> but yeah, we really uh, appreciate you being here today. I know Rick has been telling me um, a lot about you and your background with your son, Jaden. And uh, usually how we kick these things off is uh, we kind of start with the beginning of your journey with cannabis and kind of how things got rolling for you. Well, um, in, let's see, my original journey started when Jaden was just like three years old. Um, I He started having seizures as a baby. He um, had temperaments and just all these different things wrong with him. And so, and when he was five, uh, we started with, uh, the mental health care system and trying to get, uh, you know, services for him. Well, uh, we tried the medication for several years. Uh, we tried gluten-free diets. We tried, um, I joined a autism support group. I became, a board member on their board. I helped put in an autism center. I would, you know, facilitate support group and events. And, you know, we became, you know, full autism parent and we did everything we could. We tried the gluten-free diets, the therapies, the everything. And, um, we weren't really getting anywhere. Um, it got to a point, it got really bad and it got to a point to where, CPS wanted to remove him from my home because they thought that he was going to injure me. And it was at that time that um, I decided to get his card for nausea and headaches. I actually had CPS called on me because I was smoking a joint and they, the neighbors are like, oh, she must be giving that to her son. You know, she, he must she must be treating him with cannabis. And so they had called uh, CPS on me for that. And, um, once that was dismissed because I was not giving him cannabis, um, I was like, well, I'm going to check this out. And it calmed his aggression. It changed his life. It is the one thing that was the best tool that we had found in all those years. He was nine when that, um, when he first started, he was nine years old and it gave him the ability to use the other tools that we had been taught those coping skills, those reasoning, you know, like the processing, mm -hmm. um, it slowed his brain down. And, uh, I was a parent petitioner to help get autism approved in Michigan for medical marijuana. And that's how the journey started. And he's 16 now he's going to be 17 in December. So first of all, do you still live by those neighbors? No, I don't. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Um, because I'm just like, like, what, what, 
do you have nothing better to do with your time than to like, oh, is that cannabis that you're using? Oh, I just don't understand yeah. the need to pry into someone else's life and then automatically assuming that you were just giving it to your child before all of this really became like, you know, legal across America again. Um, what's what's with that assumption? It's just so weird. Right. And well, and then there too, the uh the the step that you chose to take, like in that moment, um that you chose to give a nine-year-old cannabis and see the result is heroic. Mm-hmm. I mean, groundbreaking, heroic move by you. And, um, you know, I think everybody should, uh, should recognize that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty scary, you know, I, I'll be honest. But the yeah. thing that didn't, I was more scared of losing my son, mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. and so I was just like, sign me up. What do I need to do? You know? Yeah. Um, well, and you had prior knowledge. This wasn't something like, oh, I'm just going to throw darts at something. I'm going to pick a narcotic and throw it at my son, right? Yeah. It, was, it was based in knowledge. It was based in um, what you have researched and, and what the state laws, you know, are allotting and things like that. So it was yes. an educated uh, decision. Yes. And I took a video of him that day. And it's so cute. He was just very calm. He's like, I feel great. I feel wonderful. And um, it's just, it's such a cute video because he did. It just really um, calmed down his brain. He just has this angry brain and it just mellowed it down. I feel great. I feel terrific. I've had an angry brain, but I'm feeling good. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yes. I mean, good. Like that's what, and and that's what I don't understand either. It's like, wouldn't you want a child to feel like that, to actually experience their childhood in like the most healthy way possible and for someone well, to prevent that or there, try to prevent that? And there's, there's like, for, for me, for instance, I, I've only known Jaden, what we've known each other, what, three years now or so two two, three years yeah. that we've known each other. And um, I only know this, this Jaden, right. I only know the stories of the previous Jaden. So, what a blessing that is as he continues to make relationships with people that this thing isn't over his head, right? A lot of people, you know, going through your whole life worrying about past things. Um, you're on a, a forward progression instead of turning your wheels, so to speak, whereas it seems like most of the system has a lot of people turning their wheels. Um, well, even when um, I do turn my wheels a little bit, I can find myself a way to not do it to an extent because uh-huh. i mean everyone has setbacks in life i feel like and everyone has setbacks to where you know it is in that way but i also feel like it's how you go about it after that setback mm-hmm. to determine if that's really going to hold you back or if that's going to set you forward at the end of the day yeah and having that knowledge being able to conceive that thought is yeah. very important yeah yeah well i like knowing myself and what i want my life to be like so i can almost dream it you know just kind of make make it happen yeah because i feel like in order to make your dreams come true in order to do what you want to do you have to put work in as much work in as possible and if you put that work in then most likely you're gonna succeed Mm mm-hmm and, and, and even if you don't, you have the gratitude and the, the, the feeling of the hard work that you put in it yeah. always has a good output, no matter what, um, yeah. even when, so to speak, you know, fail, uh, it can be a learning lesson and, and many things like that. Well, so. even, and, and I think that's the biggest thing for like musicians and just in general is like failing is not the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen is that you could never try at all mm-hmm. that's the worst thing that could happen because you can fail like michael jordan said you know he even said he said i've shot millions of baskets and haven't made one i shot you know what i'm saying you perfect things over time when you do it for so long yeah yeah and that goes for anything in my opinion well and it's it, like your activism that you've just recently started uh, yeah speaking uh, abilities on, you know, speaking to at Hash Bash and speaking at some of these events, um, you're only honing in that skill as well, you know, the more. Yeah. You 
which I'm still learning that skill, but yeah, I think we all are. It's not easy to talk in front of anybody. <laughs> no, that it's takes awkward. time. Yeah, it's awkward. Well, <laughs> and it's it's also too because like my how I feel as a as a human being, like Jane's law is so important to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But like it just sucks that like the state of like we gotta like, you know, do things one at a time in the state of Michigan. It's not like you you could just, you know, do a bunch of different things at one time because it's not going to work. But, like, what I really want to fix in the state of Michigan is mental health because I've seen every, almost every placement in the state of Michigan. I've been done that my whole life. And the reason that I struggle so much is because of those placements. It's not because of the things I did in my past. It's not because of my mom. It's because I got put through so much stress and trauma through those placements that it's hard for my brain to process and get over it. So really like at the end of the day, I want Hawthorne Center and all these different places to know that they're not gonna get away with this no more. They're not gonna get away with putting people through gun drills, putting people through fire drills, not giving a crap about the kids putting us through situations and areas of our life that are not safe, unprotective, putting us in black mode, letting us, you know, that's just some bullshit. They're they're getting paid to torture us and put us through these messed up situations. And this basically it's abuse. That's basically abuse, how they treat us in there. We're Yeah, we're in the middle of of trying to expose some of these, uh, these concerns because um, our our kiddos are there. Um, well, for one, our insurance or, you know, it's $2,000 a day for a bed. Plus they get extra funding and it is a hospital. The it only, is billed as a, a hospital. It's the only one in the state of Michigan, only psychiatric hospital for kids. The only one. And, and here's yeah, the issue. That's another, that's another thing here in Michigan is that we have these monopolies in many different industries. And it's often industries that people don't look at or care about on their daily. And this yeah. mental health one with children in, in the mental health hospitals is definitely not something that somebody that's driving to Ann Arbor to uh, go to work or whatever is thinking about or even hearing about. Yeah. So, good for you to stand up to this. Yeah. Well, and Jaden's been upset lately talking about how, he wishes he could go back to being a child and experience a childhood without the the mental illness, without the struggles that he had. Um, and, um, you know, obviously there's no going back, but at the same time, um, you know, he's learned so much in the process and, you know, he can help so many people by exposing some of these things. And, uh, you know, I'm just grateful, like he's been doing well since he was nine years old and it just keeps getting better. So I, I think, you know, I'm really proud of him and I think he needs to, to realize, you know, some of that and not beat himself up too much for, you know, not experiencing childhood like he wanted to. Yeah. And to know that, um, you know, one thing is that I'm an old man, damn near. I mean, in comparison, I'm 43, right? So I still, I still do childish things. Well, I was <laughs> like, I, he sounds I, you know, wiser than most adults I know. Learning. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So life, life is definitely um, is something that we can experience youthful things uh, that maybe we didn't, you know, uh, have the opportunity to as a younger age. I, yeah. I do quirky shit. Like I play with cartoons and toy, my kids' toys and shit. It's all good. I mean, I didn't um, start and, skateboarding and, until a few years ago. Right. And society <laughs> you know? doesn't always um, accept that in previous years, but I think we have yeah. a new generation and a new mindset of people that are fully in acceptance of that. Um, yeah. Because it's good. Um, well, so, yeah. yeah Warren, here's, here's how I feel. I feel like you got to become bitter eventually in life if you're just going to work and you're just, you know, living like an everyday person. Like, you got to have some joy. I feel like when you stop being a kid and you stop having those inner reactions or just, you know, having that mindset of, you know, having fun, I feel like your life and your personality really changes for the worst. Like you really just become this old person, basically. 
it's that institutionalized uh, box that the, the the system puts us in as we go through school and we go in yeah. round and we come out blocks um, to, to fit into the system itself. So I think that's changing as well. With, with well, in a lot of schools these days are just a joke. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. A lot of them are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And especially like, mean, as you progress into like the older years of like getting into college and like, I'm like, I, I shouldn't have needed a college education for what it was that I was trying to go do, but I had to spend, of course, all that money in order to get a job and everything. Yeah, no, the education system seems like a big joke most of the time. Like, I could see if you were becoming a lawyer or, like, yeah, a doctor, doctor yeah. or something like that, but, like, a lot of just, like, you need a, a license to learn how to plumb. You, you know, you need a certification to work on a car. Like, that's mm -hmm. just... I mean, I understand right. that, but for someone that knows what they're doing. Especially when know. so many people got by for years without having any certification or degree because you would learn like hands on on the job all the time for those types. Literally. of Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is we have so many people that have a mindset that doesn't really work through that uh, that paper pen book aspect of learning where you have to go be doing it or you yeah. have to uh, be in the moment to create that new way of doing something i've seen it a million times in uh the construction world you know where you're doing something you've done it a thousand times and then all of a sudden somebody just said holy shit why don't we try this mm -hmm. and you're like holy shit who hasn't <laughs> thought of that <laughs> yeah yeah and and it's you know um so that's that's always uh interesting but a, a good thing on a good note is my plan is as far as the hawthorne stuff is all these news stations have been putting reports out on Hawthorne and, you know, stuff like that. So I was going to get Landon and make like a, a video of me like talking over it and taking mm -hmm. these little news clips of them talking about Hawthorne and how it's the only state psychiatric facility, putting a little bit of the gun drill in there, you know, putting the nice. video of the kids breaking out, going to the gas station, almost getting shot by a dude, like stuff like that put that in the video and just put it all out there in one. Cause I feel like by talking about these situations, you know, going to these like things like this, it's better to almost put this video out there and have it be like our video, because at the end of the day, you can plaster it out on the internet and everyone will see it. Mm -hmm. Everyone will see yeah. it. Instead of just showing it on the news one time and, you know, having to find it, look it up. If you get viewers on that and you start, you know what I'm saying? We already got that big, you know, yeah, YouTube yeah. channel. I just feel like that's really needed, needs to be done because it's, it's some bull. Well, there, you're right in the sense that uh, coming after, being aggressive and proactive is an approach that we have to start taking. We got to quit playing defense. Um, yeah. That come at us. We have to go after the things that are oppressive to us. And yeah. something like this to continue to, to have it continue in the way that it does and have the oppressions of the past be left alone is not correct. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I'm almost thinking like during like politics times on commercials and stuff, they got them like smear campaigns where it's like this, this, that, that. Yeah. Well, I want it to be like that, but real to mm -hmm. so where it's yeah. real video footage of them saying this stuff, you know, and just kind of like put it in their hands like so what y'all gonna do at oh. the end of it you know just yeah my thoughts on that though is is um there is definitely corruption going on um mm -hmm. we are uncovering uh, a lot of different things in the mental health care uh system here in michigan and we have a group of like 700 families that we should probably include them on this video so we're not targeted because no, yeah. um there's a lot that we've uncovered and that we can Because if you get all those stories and we somehow can put that in just like a I mean you're not gonna put all that in a five minute video, but if you could put that all in a in a video, all these different things that they have done and just stuff like that, like Yeah, how are they gonna sit there and be like, Oh, that didn't happen? Mm. Well, we have to not only expose it, but we have to find a way to hold them accountable or yeah. it's yeah. just going to continue. Well, that's, just, I'm right, not, behind, well, that's the, right behind that exposure, you, you create, uh, you try and present that solution. So yeah. you've presented your problem. You, you've, you've shown what it is. 
And then, then what, if you can come at them with the solution or at least an approach, um, that's, that's a good, you know, a good thing. What only, only solution I see is whoever's the high up needs to be fired at this point. Probably. Whoever's Probably calling that. the shots. It's usually how know? it goes. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it's either you call the shots right or get out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, yeah. but it's just the way that so many things are run, whether it being government or big corporations, you know, what there's always the wrong person in power who has control over everything and every decision and everybody else is just there to, yeah. you know, have yeah. to deal with it and put up with it. And it is frustrating when you're like, I feel like I have have no power at all to be able to voice my own opinion, because who's going to listen if this person's always the one leading the pack? But yeah, well, eventually. And that's, how, that's how it was as far as when I wrote recipient rights and stuff like that. I just stopped writing them because it goes to the same yeah. people that, that employ Hawthorne, yeah. what we found. Like the, the recipient rights runs through Hawthorne. So yeah. if I make a complaint about a Hawthorne staff member, recipient rights is going to defend their staff member. They're not going to care about my complaint. Of course. Yeah. Because um, they're already low staff. So they're not, they're going to lie do whatever they can to not have to pay up any money or do anything to fire their employee because they're already short staffed and they don't want to pay. Yeah. That that rolls right into our uh, elderly care, you know, in many cases too, it's just the whole thing. It's like the youth, the, the, the young youth that have problems and issues are put in a place. And then the older ones that have health issues and things they're put in a place and there's just no regard. Like, Oh no, they're in this facility. It's all good. That we're doing yeah. great things for them. And behind the scenes, it's atrocities. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So you guys have had your your experience in the past where you were able to kind of start getting your voice out there. So Rick was telling me a little bit about how you guys were on Dr. the Dr. Phil show back in the day. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And and was this kind of the beginning phases of trying to like get your voice out there? Um, you know, that was at a very, um, the dark time. very dark time. Um, mm-hmm. I literally felt like I was at the bottom of this, the, the hole in the mental health care system. And mm-hmm. I, at that time, Jaden was, was extremely violent and aggressive. I, for about three years, four years, five years, I had bruises and welts up and down my arms, on my legs. My forehead was cut open. I had a black eye. I had ribs out of place. Um, I was having to hold Jaden down like eight times a day, sometimes for 45 minutes to an hour at a time. He'd just scream and he would throw things at me. He'd throw furniture. Like I had to watch as, um, you know, the cops would, well, we had to call the cops over a hundred and no, yeah, I think it was 120 times in five years. Wow. Um, they He would fight with the cops. He would throw things at them. He spit on the paramedic. He got out of his handcuffs and was attacking them. And um, it was just really unreal. It, it, it was unreal. And, and watching, you know, like, it was just unreal. Um, yeah. So the cops didn't know how to help me. The hospital didn't know how to help me support groups. Like I was just like, what do I do? How do I continue to live like this? And, um, and so everybody's like, right, Dr. Phil. So I, I did. And I had posted some videos, only like 10 videos over like eight years um, of Jaden having a tantrum because that was my everyday reality. It mm-hmm. wasn't to get attention. Yeah. Um, but it was um, what I lived every day. And I could not believe that the Genesee um, Community Mental Health was in my home four days a week, looking at my bruises, looking at the things, you know, like seeing us on a daily basis. And they're just like, you know, bye, we work nine to five, you know, have a good weekend. (laughs) And I'm just like, thanks, you know. Um, medications, nothing. And so, yeah, Dr. Phil, I, I wrote him a letter. He's seen how many views that I had on, on YouTube and he thought, Oh, you know, this would be great for ratings. 
Yeah. And so he flew the whole family out there. It was a great trip. I'm not going to lie. It Which wasn't actually, um, that was the same time I remember getting up out of uh, Harvard Oaks. The, he was the, at, the day before we went up out to Dr. Phil. It was the same time that Harvard Oaks said they were going to call CPS if my mom didn't come pick me up because they were shooting my shoot me up with a held on out of van. He had the four, whole weekend. He had 14 PRN shots um, at Hawthorne that weekend uh, because he was so violent and aggressive with the staff. And I had asked them, you know, is that working? You know, is that calming him? And they're like, no, nope. They we strap him to a table. They strapped him down for a minimum of or a maximum of 30 minutes, but he would swear and cuss and yell the whole time. It wasn't even phasing him, those medications. Mm -hmm. And there's long-term side effects with those. So yeah. anyways. And that's serious. That's how it on out of it. Yes. In one weekend as a nine-year-old. That's a lot. Well, actually, you, were, like seven. you were seven. Um, so anyways, we went to the Dr. Phil show. Um the beginning of it was pretty factual. The middle of it was was all for ratings. Um, is this mother looking for attention or looking for help? Do, mm. do, do, you know, and they're like, look at her on the video. She's smiling, you know. Well, you know, smiling is a reaction. Um, I was like, everything's OK, everybody. Like, we're good. <laughs> My yeah. kids, you know, anyways, um, the end of it, he was like, do I think you're doing this for attention? No but I just made my whole show about it. Um, he mm -hmm. said, do, do I believe that your son has deep neurological issues? Yes. Uh, then he said, unequivocally, you will not be able to parent your child in the next two years. I'm still here though. So I want to make a video of me like dancing. Look at me go, Dr. Phil. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Prove him wrong. Yep. And, and I did contact them um, and let them know that Jaden's doing very well uh, because of cannabis. And they wanted nothing to do with it. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, Dr. Phil's on the other side of that whole cannabis world too. Um, yeah. He's, he's bought off probably by, by some other ideal. But I just so. don't get it. Like if you're, if you like, you're telling your story, you experience what you experience. Jaden's has his point of view as well. You tried all these other things. It was not working. You tried cannabis. Finally, something worked and you're going to deny, like people are going to deny that. <laughs> or I just know. like, no, no, that's, that's, that's not going to be a thing. We can't talk about that. <laughs> right. Well, and you that's, know, that's, that's in that's hindsight though, it's, I, I'm so grateful that, Things happen like they did because yeah. we struggled for way too long. Yeah. And then we found the solution in cannabis, you know, that opened the doors so that all these other things started working as well. These coping skills, these tools he learned. And, and it just, he just progressed from there. Um, but I'm glad that my story was out there, right? Yeah. Because now um, that we, we did find a solution um it can help others yeah. i mean the the youtube channel uh we jay and i actually started a little podcast ourselves little mom awesome. and son deal and yeah, um yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool um it's it's nice to be able to talk about our journey because i mean both of us are still traumatized over all of it i know i am um sure. you know i go to counseling myself uh but Good for you. Though. I'm very, very grateful. But living how I did, you know, for a while, when for a long while, we felt like our lives didn't matter. Mm. And and we truly, truly felt that in our heart and soul, because like we didn't, we didn't know, I didn't know how to help him. Yeah. And I needed to get him help because my daughter didn't deserve to live in an environment like that. I didn't deserve to live in an environment like that. And I didn't deserve to he have that did not, he was not happy. Yeah. You know, obviously he was yeah. not content in his environment and, you know, the state, they were billing and billing and billing, you know, they'd be out to our house, hours and hours of therapy, nutritionists and dietitian, you know, all these different things, but no progress. I cost them as much as a Lambo. I think our I think it was like two hundred thousand dollars they've spent on me. Yeah, and, and what's crazy about that is when you dive into the 
the metrics of that, this, you know, whatever. And you find out that, you know, what did they really spend? You charge big numbers, but what does it really cost to come out and drive to a spot and do, conduct, you know, whatever, right? It, it's yeah. always it's always to the far ladder of like, oh, well, there's a lot of extra money here Yeah. all of a sudden. And then they find a neat place to put that, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's what's happening there in, you know, in that county. Because we have it all over, you know, in our counties in various different departments and that good good old boy system and all these other things um, that we're always battling. Mm-hmm. So what I would uh, actually like to talk about right now, can you guys discuss a little bit more about Michigan Weedsters? Because so, Amy, you're the co-founder of that, right? I am. I I actually came up with um, the concept uh when we were fighting those uh, safety act bills, um, because the MCMA, the lobbyists, they were um, going to different townships. They were going through the Michigan Municipal League and they were um, going township. Um, they were attacking us in our townships. They were putting restrictions on us. That was one of the things they were doing. So we, um, I came up with a plan on how we could um, divide the state into um, state leaders and county leaders um, so that we would know what's going on. So we would be able to m- kind of monitor when these meetings were happening, what the ordinances were, and make sure we had people out there to represent the caregivers and patients. And then it kind of evolved from there to, you know, um, in 19 since 1963, we've only had eight voter initiated laws that have passed which means that, you know, the people of Michigan put out the petitions, we got the signatures, we took it all the way, we got a home run, we got these eight laws put into our state. We, the people, did that. And two of those are what we voted for in 2008 and what we voted for in 2018. And that's our patient caregiver system, and that's the freedom for anyone over 21 to grow plants at their home. Mm. And big corporate, you know, was trying to say, well, caregivers need testing and da, 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 da. Um, you know, we've been going strong since 2008. Uh, that was, a. Uh, my fear is that those laws can both be amended negatively, mm-hmm. uh, with a three fourths majority vote. Uh, they can take our right to grow at home away just like that. They can take away our patient and caregiver program just like that. And these lobbyists and these corporations, like that is what they're planning on happening. They are currently working on their attack on us. Um, I've already heard rumors, um, true rumors, that they are having their secret meetings and they are coming up with the plan on how to get rid of us because they want the whole market. But why? Um, I just don't understand you know, why. Exactly. Like, what is the reason it's to not, like? Let's go against this. The thing you know, is, we made this progress. They're calling. You know, it's a like she just said, a market, right? So they they only see this as the recreational values of it. They do not see the medicinals. Um, they're just concerned about the money and it's being mm-hmm. being something that is a commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't give a damn about any of the people that it saves their lives. They don't care about that anymore. Um, that's why it's important for us to continue these testimonies, like in the book, um, Courage and Cannabis that, that we're in, and having Amy's story and Jaden's story on paper, you know, published, yeah. uh, it, it is, a th- and then there's 39 other stories that, you know, attest to these things in recreational. I can, I'm, I'm trying to change the narrative is that it's medical first, no matter what, like before we start any conversation, mm-hmm. it's medical. And then we go from there, whatever recreational looks like, whatever that is. Okay. But Amy and I've had this conversation as well. I can go into a dispensary buy their best recreational cannabis. And if it really is that good, all it is, is good medicine. You can't take the medicinal values out of something you call something else. Yeah. You know, unless it's remediated. And then I believe it does take some of that medicinal value away. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Remediation for sure. So, yeah. And yeah. uh, we're working on a few things at Weedsters to uh, to get some things going where we can put out a product that that is stamped and 
notarized that it's not remediated. We just recently took a tour of Denver coal here in Bangor. And uh, those guys grow and they do not remediate, Amy, just so you know. So like that might be uh, a nice spot where we can collectively collaborate. So, and you know, we stress is about that too. Small business, Michigan business grown, Michigan grown people trying to find our ways into this license that we created, this law. Um, we're trying to help that because it's been so difficult. It should have never been this difficult for a citizen to step up and say, Hey, I want to be a part of the cannabis industry. Well, you can be a part of the cannabis industry, but you can go work in it. And that's all they want wanted to give us was worker bee stuff. And we're way better than that. We created this whole thing. So yeah, Michigan Weezer's kind of uh, realized about a year ago, like, you know what? Um, this is about, Michiganders and what what are Michiganders we're tough we have grit we don't just you know we fight for the things that we believe in we always have and there so what our goal is is to try to unite the caregivers and patients with the Michiganders that started businesses grow shops anything in the industry you know provisioning centers dispensaries even the rec businesses if you are a mom and pops you know small to medium-sized business um or even a corporation that is not giving money to those lobbyists to get rid of us if you support us and you're not afraid to say we support the right to grow at home yeah then then you're one of us you're a michigan weedster come on because when corporate comes back at us we have to have a united front. And if we we take those small businesses and, and combine them with the uh, patients and caregivers, we're going to have a lot more people. And it's all about Michigan. It's all about our people. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, you guys and got a big rally coming up at the end of September, right? Rick was telling me a little bit about something at the Capitol. Yes, we do. It's, it's going to be great. It is uh, September 28th. Okay. Uh, we... Uh, it is at high noon until 420, uh, but we're going to be there early. So anybody yeah. can come out 10, you know, 11 in the morning, um, even earlier. We'll probably be there at like eight. Uh, but we're going to have vendors, um, food trucks, no cannabis sales. Okay. Uh, we will have speakers, entertainment, and we have a, a cannabis cup. We have uh, different, you can enter the, the cup right now until I think the 24th entries are due, but don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's going to be really cool giving out those trophies on the Capitol steps and hopefully it will mm -hmm. become a annual thing where we do it every year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've, and I've heard some mixed reviews about our, our, our idea of this. And I, mm -hmm. I want to clarify its purpose in reasoning because it's validation, right. Um, in, in, in our industry. So, whether it's, uh, I believe that he's Judge Strange is allowing caregivers and metric into this, right? So, yes. so it is like a a cup in competition that is for for everyone to enter and be be a part of. So, if you win this, not only are you going to be standing on the Capitol steps receiving the first cannabis trophy ever given out on the can or on the steps of the Capitol, but um, you'll be validated because you've been you, you were challenging. Uh, the entire state, the entire state, not just caregivers, not not just metric, uh, the entire yeah. state. Um, so and I think that's that's a, a really neat thing, a tradition that we, you know, would like to see continue on if if we uh, we do well with it this year. And I think we will because Judge Strains is I don't know if you've seen his judging um, uh, package, but it's it's on your phone. Right. It's an application. Whereas all our judging things have always been stacks and stacks of papers and, and you got all these papers you got to fill out and mark this off and number, you know, one through five, whatever, right? Big pain in the butt. But he's got it in an app now where it's broken down. You just log in. And uh, I, I think it's very innovative. It's very streamlined. Um, and it's, it's going to be something that catches on, especially with all these different competitions that people have. Um, yeah. So, so we're able to highlight so many things with this, this cup idea, right? So mm. he has created a, a program essentially, um, you know, and here he is in the cannabis community uh, doing these judging things, created a space of his own, created it. 
Like he just said, I'm going to be this guy and I'm going to, me and these other two guys are going to do this thing. And that's what we're going to be doing. And they've been doing it for years, just judging people's cups and in competitions. And I just think it's a great expression. So do you guys yeah. have any idea of like uh, what the expectancy of, uh, you know, people to show up that day will be? I think it's going to be pretty big. I yeah. mean, last year we had, I don't know, maybe two to 400, two to mm-hmm. 300. Yeah. Year before yeah. that, I want to say about 500. Okay. Um, yeah. We didn't have a threat last year, so we didn't have as many. But what we're trying to make people understand is that we're constantly under threat. Yep. You know, (laughs) it might not be, you know, something that was just introduced and but we are always under threat. So this is about coming together, um, celebrating the plant and and unity, getting, you know, everybody having um on the same page on, and what we need to protect. And, you know, there's a lot of um, groups, especially in the cannabis industry that like, Oh, I don't like this group and I don't believe in what they're doing or, you know, that person, you know, did this or whatnot. And, you know, Michigan weedsters, it's very simple. Like we just want to, we want the freedoms that we put into place and we don't want those taken away. And, you know, I've thought about this a lot because we've been trying to get Jaden's law a past for the last five years and you know here they were threatening to take away our plant count and do this and do that and you know that type of thing um what good things have you done like you know the cra i asked them and they were like yeah we really just issue the cards here we don't really do anything for patients and caregivers and i'm like well you should, well, shows, you know, like shows their agenda. I think I, I received that same treatment and that same kind of kickback. And I, I think it serves their agenda for what is coming. Right. Like you said, mm-hmm. uh, there is something coming. I, I think they've minimized that and continue to minimize it because we're trying to rise it up and create the biggest medical program and the best program in the world is what we're, we are trying mm-hmm. to do. Yes, um, and they yes. don't want to see that. They want to see the best recreational model for the entire federal takeover. Yeah, is what they yeah want. it's all about That's the money. Yeah. It's not about the people. It's not about, you know, opportunity uh, for Michiganders to, you know, be able to be in this um, industry and be successful. It, it's not about anything. It's about the bottom line on who's making that money. Where's And so, yeah, we do have some um, different things. And Please, I, I hope that people do make it out to the rally. It's going to be a really good time. We've gotten a lot of really good response That's great. Um, with vendors, speakers, like the whole nine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been going well. So hopefully okay. we get a lot out there. Well, yeah. I think more and more people with what's happening in the state, and we actually now currently have a, uh, a task force that has been uh, basically purchased by our taxes against our will to enforce cannabis activity in the state so i think with that um that leg starting to become active i think people are starting to see the validity in this group michigan weedsters and what we're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. um so i think we'll you know we'll definitely gain more followers yeah well Well, um, and, and we are for the people you know like anybody can join our group it's free to join our group it's free right now to become a Michigan weedster and, yeah. and we just um want your understanding and support. Can you um Jaden Jaden wanted me to um show you guys he actually graduated. I don't know if you can see that it looks really blurry. Um but yeah. he graduated in his wraparound doing- oh cool that's awesome. Okay right on congratulations and, um, and they made um, they made this for him yesterday uh, because we are ending our services since he was five years old. We've been with Genesee Health Systems and he's doing so well that we are, are ending services with them. So that's really exciting for me because I've been having at least three to six meetings a week since he was five years old. Like, oh my wow. gosh. You need a break. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And Congrats. on the back of it, they put one of his quotes and it says, I've been in and out of placements my whole life, going through struggles my whole life. Dr. Phil said my mom wouldn't be able to raise me. 
said I would be in the juvenile detention center, but I'm here today. Jaden Carter, hash bash 2023. Yeah. So, congratulations, man. Hash bash this year, too. I mean, in front of a sea of people, he, this kid stood up. And, yeah. and I, what I also liked is you had a, you had that stutter moment where you were like, it was a little hiccup, you know, but you just passed right through it. Like you didn't, you, you, you know what I'm saying? When you're speaking, I've had it myself where you're like, uh, and you had, you had like a little moment and then you were just like, oh yeah, no, fuck it. Like it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I, I can't wait to speak at Hash Bash again. That's probably one of my favorite events to speak at so far. Absolutely. Might start out. Well, the message gets out there, right? It's a it's a huge event. It's a world renowned, you know, thing that people look at. Um, and to be able to speak a voice of any sort on that platform is huge. Um, and yeah, yeah, you did well. I, I was I was thinking about one time I was gonna I was gonna go up there and I was gonna be like Mary Jane, I'm <laughs> Mary Jane. She's my main thing. She yeah. makes me feel all right. Yeah, she makes my heart sing. You should do that. <laughs> you should. I think you should too, because he could just go out there and start singing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. get everybody to really be quiet. Be like, is that boy up there singing? Yep. Yep. And exactly. Go into a speech hell. after. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so or I was gonna go up. I was gonna go up on an event one time. <laughs> my mom wants me to do this. I do. She wants Make sure me, you put the motivation yeah. on speech. She she wants me to go up there and she can and be like, "Hi, my name's Matt Foley. I'm a motivational speaker, and I wrote doobies in a van." And then just be like, "No, I'm just playing. My name's Jaden Carter." <laughs> yeah. Well, see what what that does is it it drops the uh, the intensity of that moment when you're about to speak. So. The, the, there's a pressure in the crowd yeah. and then there's a pressure in your chest and yeah, then of, if you like, can just break. bust it open yep. and just drop your inhibitions of what they expect or anything and then go into it yeah you're killing it so that's right I, yeah. i'm not good at it i'm not good at it at all but i like when when people are yeah lighten that mood yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i know you have a story in, or you're one of the authors in the book Courage and Cannabis. So just to kind of give everybody an idea, is that in volume one or volume two? Uh, Rick and I are both in volume two, the triumphant stories. Right on. Okay. Yeah. So when, um, so when did you write this and uh, how long was the process for you? Um, it was a uh about a year, I want to say that, that we'd worked on it. It was a, a big group project. And it was really um, an uh, interesting journey, you know, in writing a book. And and it still feels weird signing books. I'm not going to lie. It just, it feels weird when people are like, can you sign this? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm not a huge fan of my my signature. And, um, but yeah, I've been signing. I modified mine. I I, I sign things, Mr. Fun Guy. And then at my eye, I bring the eye up and I create a little mushroom. So oh, the wife, the wife told me to do it. So like, think about that. Like, as you as you come up with a a thing, you know, everybody's always got some kind of neat little, whatever. I, you know, I for some reason I I want to write stay high. You know, like just because I like that, like, but it, like, like it doesn't really go with my story. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really go with the book, and so I'm like, but I so bad want to write stay high. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> But you I could, just been writing like, on life never too. give up. Yeah, know? that's right. Never exactly. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, that's really exciting, though, to be a part of, you know, a book that so many other people are a part of who are bringing their message to others and, you know, trying to promote this plan and all the greatness that it brings. Where can people go to buy the book and then also learn more about you and your journey and Jaden and his journey? Well, on actually, uh, courageandcannabis.com has uh, bios on there. Mm-hmm. And you can go to Rick's, you can go to mine. And there are links to my YouTube channel, to Michigan Weedsters. You can purchase the book at Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and online at Amazon. And then we're going to be doing lots of book signings. And okay. they will be available at all the events that we're at from here on out. And yeah, and where could people go to find out a little bit more about you, Amy? 
Um, I would say on um, Facebook is a good place, but okay. the Kirshen Cannabis has all my links on there. Okay. Uh, YouTube, it's on Grassroots Movement, which um, is on YouTube. And, and also we have Hazy Holes coming up. And oh, that yeah. is September 23rd. And yeah. I'm looking forward to that one because I want to talk to uh, Mr. Hill Harper and um, some other people that are going to be there. But we will have books at the Hazy Holes uh, cannabis event, golf event that Rick's doing. Okay, awesome. I think I actually might be up there that weekend. I'll have to nice. talk to you guys about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, encouraging everybody to make sure you uh, get your asses to the Capitol um, and, and uh, stand there with us and uh, try and move this needle to a point of permanency. You know, we need to, we've done a lot, but we have to get it where we don't have to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, get it to a place where this kind of work doesn't always, always have to be done, but we will be here as weedsters to do it. So um, yeah. And other than that, thank you for being on Amy and Jaden. And as always, it's fun to talk shit on a podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, fantastic. Amy, Thanks so much again for taking the time to talk with us about everything and for Jaden joining us as well. It was really nice to kind of just hear about your background. I mean, it sounds like it's been a very stressful time for you over these years, having to navigate your way through all of this. But you are a warrior, and I'm really glad you have made it to the point you have and the fact that like he has made it through his programs and everything and has basically graduated from all of this. Like That's got to be such a relief mm -hmm. for you. So good for you it good for you for staying strong and um keep chugging along i'm glad you guys are in a better place than you you seem like you've ever been thank you yes we are we are definitely and thank you thanks so much for listening and if you want to keep up with us and check to see when we will release new episodes feel free to follow us on our socials at to be completely blunt podcast you can find me, Steph, on my socials at Steph on FM and Rick at Mr. Underscore F-U-N-G-I 420. And please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. Highway Horticulture, paving the way for everything cannabis. Find out more at highwayhorticulture.com.